I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 109 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we're going we're gonna to start off with video games, right? Uh, it's been a while since we've done video games, right? I don't think we've done video games in a while. Uh, so we have, we have a, a game to talk about, not any like news or anything. As a side note, just I love how you say we haven't talked about video games. But if you are listening to the podcast in chronological order, we, we're going from talking about Blizzard to this. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like uh, that feels like forever ago. That was like the. And I mean, I guess we didn't talk like an actual video game that we played, right? It was more of like uh, Overwatch Two stuff and like Diablo Four and Blizzard being bad. Yeah, yeah. So like, so we want to talk about games in a way that more a little bit more positive light. It's not all positive, but there's definitely more positive than negative. Uh, Is we want to talk about the Outer Worlds and now before we start, right? uh, Spoiler warning because we are gonna be talking about major story beats right uh basically we're gonna spoil the entire game yeah basically we're gonna store we're gonna spoil the story and like characters and like character interactions stuff like that so if you're if you're in the middle of playing it or haven't played it we're gonna put obviously like you know there's gonna be a chapter marker um there's gonna be it's gonna be split into two you're gonna have chapter marker one part one of this it'll just obviously it's spoilers and then afterwards um there'll be another section where we talk about non-spoiler things about the game and you can just go ahead and skip through that if you're using a podcast client that supports it yeah we're gonna split it up uh so let's start with with the with the spoiler stuff with the story quests writing etc so just what what are you like when you went into this game like what were your expect expectations going into this game like it's obsidian made game right so so this is my first obsidian game i never played new vegas i've i've played fallout 3 and i played fallout 4 but i've never actually played a proper obsidian game um back when i was a kid, i remember everyone like in my hometown was like new vegas is the shit but um but uh like in my hometown, there was like this group of kids who used to have Fallout characters as their um, profile pictures, and they just posted a lot about like pro nationalist like politics because they like posted like the Enclave, who are like the sort of remnants of the U.S. government, and they it was like being a weird clique of like people. I remember one time I criticized the military, and a group of them were just sitting with an American flag in like Central Park when I was walking to my mom's shop when I was a kid. It's a small town. It was a very weird time, so I kind of like deassociated from Fallout until Four came out. Um, you know. <laughs> just just throwing some casual trauma in there but um <laughs> i've never played an obsidian game so th- i didn't come in i was i mean obviously i saw the previews i was like this is going to be a fallout like game but i know that obsidian does more of those traditional rpg elements rather than doing the um the sort of bethesda style where it's like there's great morality but morality is not really great it's more of like bad story writing that makes you think it's moral moral like a moral system or or in the fallout 76 style a subscription service that breaks on you the first time you sign up for it so like when i like i've heard of like I've, I've, I haven't played any of the Fallout games. Like I have, I'm aware of them. I have, I think I have Fallout New Vegas on Steam, but I, it's just like it never just quite clicked with me. Uh, but I have seen people playing Fallout New Vegas, and I've, I've seen like bits of the bits of the story from from it, and I, I was really like, uh, like really like the story was like well written and like very, like very poly- like some of the DLC stuff in Fallout New Vegas is really really good. Uh, so I was I was going into this I was like expecting like a decent like decent story and like better writing than than what Bethesda could deliver right and yeah I mean it's 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 way better than anything Bethesda has delivered in like I don't know like when was the last time Bethesda delivered a good story I, I don't even know Skyrim was 
okay. I mean, it was, I don't think it was like, because I did play through the Skyrim main quest and like several of this, uh, like the, like the Brotherhood quest, like the Dark Brotherhood quest and like several other quests. And it's fine. Uh, but it's like not not like I mean Fallout it. 3 I still think is the best Fallout game that from the Bethesda era um people who have played New Vegas probably because New Vegas is better once again sorry I haven't played it so I can't say but at least compared to 3 and 4 and 76 uh, <laughs> 76 is hot garbage so let's but, just uh, not talk about 76 <laughs> because it's not I don't think it's, it's even in competition even for Bethesda Fallout like, but but 3 definitely had a better core story than um, than 4 and 3 embraced more of like the this is an RPG uh, elements whereas 4 kind of kept trying to like make a graze of morality and stuff and it just ended up not working but but something I wasn't expecting with The Outer Worlds is that in most traditional, even modern sort of RPGs, right, they sort of give a bullshit reason and try and like play it up as to why your character is like the one true character and the protagonist, right? They give like a really bad explanation. This game from the outset is like, so we woke you up and you're going to save the world. That, that's basically it. You can do whatever the fuck you want, but that's like the premise here and that's given to you in the first five minutes. Let me like put it this. So you, so you are, um, so this is, this is set in, in a place called the Halcyon system. It's, it's, it's like a colony uh colony that's like obviously outside like the earth's solar system right uh like this is like and you are like a member of the of the of the hope that sh- a ship a colony ship that, that was sent to the halcyon system but like it's 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 uh it's faster than light drive failed so like it was just adrift in space and the halcyon corporation like the board decided not like they decided it wasn't worth their their earnings to uh, go save those people, right? So the ship is just drifting there, and you're one of these people, right? Like that's the premise, and you just start with like some like some like what's what's this guy? Phineas Wells just coming in. He's like, all right, I'm gonna like revive this one person, uh, and you're gonna just go out there and save Halcyon. Like that that that's it. There's no like oh, it's like you're some sort of like the chosen one, or like you just like some sort of like. Uh, I don't know, like Skyrim, like Dragonborn or whatever, right? It's just like, yeah, it's just Halcyon needs your help. Uh, go, go, go out there and do what. And Phineas just randomly chose you. And like, there's no, there's no real rhyme or reason. Or I mean, well, I guess there kind of is, but we can go to that more. When we talk about the story. Yeah. Um, so like the story, like one of the first things that really struck me right away was when when you like got into the first area that you you play in for a few hours, which is which is called Edgewater. Is that how the story sort of like branches and like sort of like how you like talk to like the dialogue is really like uh, well written like it's very like like, like I like all, oftentimes when I click on like a, something on like a dialogue choice and I'm like it's either gonna be like really hammy or like really kind of like really aggressive or it's either like really aggressive or really good it's like it's it's not like that in this game it's more it feels more like like you have like more of a breadth of options like you can you could be an asshole in this game if you want but you can also be like sort of like a middling sort of like a centrist in this game as well right you can be a centrist uh you could also be like just be like fuck the corporations and like you know fuck them up and like help like the working people or whatever right like you could you could you could like sort of like move between those right you can you, and the choices you make in that way will affect like like what sort of factions like you or dislike you 
So what did you think of Edgewater? Like, let's like, let's start with just Edgewater. And I think Edgewater is a good place to talk about it because I think Edgewater is probably the best, one of the best parts of the game, uh, in my opinion. So, um, with Edgewater, so this, the thing about this, I actually, I played through the quest once. And then when I realized later on in the game, what like my actions meant, I wiped my save and went back and redid uh, it. <laughs> so, so what did you do? Let's try to explain like what the, what, like, the, what it happened, what the choice you have to make. So basically, I mean like the, 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 the end was I kind of accidentally killed everyone in the town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but because, um, so I, I did the one. I did the version where um, basically you have to choose between saving the town's power supply or saving a group of outsiders' power supply because you need a power source for your ship, and either only those two you have to take it from one or the other to get it for your ship. So originally, what I had done is that I went ahead and I saved the outsiders, and then when I went to the town, I everyone hated me, but then I went to sneak in to steal the power supply, right? Because you could still steal it. And then when I did that, um, they started attacking me, and I was gonna run because if you because they weren't at the point where in the reputation system where they hit, where they where you kill on sight. But my companion, uh, part how do you pronounce her name? Parvati killed the mayor, so the whole town just hated me for the rest of the game. And I had the quest with Vicar Max, and I couldn't couldn't get him as a companion, and I really wanted to play through his companion story. So I reset the save and ended up saving the town. And I did the middle ending that you did. So what I did, yeah. So what I, the ending that I did in the, in Edgewater was where you you uh, like you give power back to Edgewater. Like you give the direct redirect the power away from the like the what is the place the, the outsiders um, and back to Edgewater, right? And so what that does is, I mean, I was convinced. Like it was okay. So. At first, I was like, I'm going to shut off power to, from, uh, redirect power from Edgewater, uh, like, from, from the main town to, to the outsiders. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck Space's choice. I'm going to fuck them up. Uh, I'm going to turn off the, and then Parvati was like, hey, uh, if you like turn off the power, it's, it's going to just like really suck. It's just going to like be a shit show. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I can like finagle my way where I like, where like, even if I like, take the path where it's like space's choice will get get a reputation increase i'm like okay so how do i finagle this so and and this is the where, part where i'm like the story is brilliant is where the, the story adapts and it's like okay so you can actually finagle your way so you're gonna so you go back to the outsiders and the leader of the uh outsiders i can't remember her name right now but uh she was like okay you you fucking snake you just went there and like you just clearly like an asshole and and then you can be like yeah, I'm an asshole, but what I can also do is I can get rid of the mayor for you, and you can become the mayor. Uh, and I'm like, and she was like, oh, damn. And then she just like, uh, she was just like, oh, yeah, I like, I, I, like, I asked, like, what, what can you like give, like, to this town that you can like provide food? Like, she's, she's able to grow food by, let's get this. She's just like uses corpses as fertilizer, like, like dead people. Which is a brilliant idea when you think about it, because there's a plague going through the town, and essentially, as revealed later on in the game, everyone the system's running out of food, so everyone's just really malnourished because all they eat is like fucking sardines. Yep. So, so she's like, "Okay, I can do that." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And then, then I go back to the town, right? I speak to Mayor Thompson, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm t- tell Mayor Thompson that, dude, you if if you want that, like, you want the leader of the outsiders to return, you gotta leave. And he was like, "Okay, but." 
but why should I lead? Why, like I was he- put here by Space's choice, and you like basically explain to him that he's basically incompetent. Like, and he's been not, he's like, he's not been able to like get, like, the sh- like get, basically take care of the people on the town. And, and then he's just like, oh yeah, can, can that person also take care of the town? And you, when you tell them, like, this is the funniest thing. Like, when you tell them that she uses dead bodies to, uh, to, to like basically grow food. And he was like, damn, that's it. That's very efficient. I should have thought of that. Uh, then he just like leaves. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I just started laughing because like the way the, like, it's just like, Ends in just such a funny way. Uh, I like it's, it's a really, really, I really like that bit. Uh, so, like, let's talk about the companions. You mentioned Parvati earlier. The first two companions you meet in this game are Parvati and then Vicar Max, right? Uh, and Parvati, by far, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say, is is my most favorite character in video games this year because, like, her whole character arc and her companion quest. Like and her whole character is is so like I just love it. It's it's so well written and it's like nuanced and like well done. And it's like a and we have to I should point out as well. It's a really good example of like a gay character being done right. Yes. Uh, so also it, Ace, I, Ace. I think also she's Ace, Ace as well, and, yeah. and also I should mention like uh, like so there's like the the character like the, her uh, her companion quest is basically when you go when you leave uh when you leave uh edgewater you go to a uh like a ship called the uh, the groundbreaker where you where the cap like what the captain of the ship uh june lee tennyson is like it's like like an engineer and like she's her family basically like has run the ship for generations uh so like parvati is like immediately like smitten with with june lee and so that's like the quest like it's like basically the quest is to get june lee and uh parvati on a day uh so that's the quest uh, and it's just extremely cute and it's like very well written like it's like and the dialogue I have like screenshots of some of the dialogue it's like very good uh, and and the ace part of her like the part of her being ace was handled like I think really really well like it was I think it, I felt like it was written by a person who is ace or who under, really understands like the experience I feel like it was well written and I've like talked to other people on Mastodon about it and they have also felt like it was like really well handled like it was just like a good representation of what it's like to be ace or like like how you represent a character like this in a video game right uh yeah and so how do you like i'm talking about parvati so like what do you think about her like like her character so i i think her character is the is great because if you play through her companion quest and you also um keep her in your party through the end her dialogue changes when you get to the end. There's a point where she's like, this is fucking stupid. Fuck this entire board. Like, and she goes from someone who's like, who, when you would ask her things, she'd be like a little wishy-washy and not really be firm on things. So at the very end, if you play her, have her in your, in your party for most of the game and you do all of her companion quests, she's basically like, this is bullshit. Fuck it up. <laughs> Which is a great change to see, and that's such an indication of great writing in her character. Yeah, it is like really like good. Like that's the way of doing like character development in a way like that's that doesn't feel hamfisted. And like like some of the other companions, like I think like if I had to like criticize some of the writing is like I feel like some of the companions are have weaker writing than others, right? Like uh, I think Vicar Max is pretty good. I think his companion quest is really kind of funny actually. Like in the way it ends, it's it's like a vision. <laughs> Uh, it's it's very weird. Uh, it's it's just like you, you take beating dr- the shit out of himself. Actually, so his quest just for 
um you basically go on like a trip to do a bunch of drugs in the middle of nowhere and uh what did you do? Did you play it through the end? I basically, I let the visions play out until it was the vision of him. And then I'm like, yo, Vicar, man, my man, you got to beat the shit out of yourself. <laughs> I think I just like let it go to the end. And like, he is- you can attack any of the visions that you have to fight. Yeah, you them. can. But I, I didn't, I didn't, I, cho- I, I was like, I am really curious where this goes because I'm like, this game has not, this game has surprised me constantly. And I'm like, what is, what does this game want, like want to do here? So I'm just like, I let it, take its course and it's like that's fair yeah what happens if you like go to the end because if you tell him to beat the shit out of himself at the end of it he's like you're right the person i had to overcome to find myself was me <laughs> he sort of like gets on this like he's like yeah like I- i've got to like get over all this like it's like i don't remember the exact details but he's like, like he finds like peace within himself right like with himself basically uh and like yeah so like vicar max is good uh, so you know, you know, there's, there was a there was another there was a, a companion on 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 Groundbreaker. What's what's her name? Emily? No, L. Ellie. Okay, her her quest was so bad. I did not like her quest at all. I was about to say it's just like her quest felt really like okay. So they, they, it's, it's just, also super short. It is very very short. I don't understand. Like I felt like maybe that was written last or something. Like I I don't know. Like it was just it felt like they didn't they didn't have enough time to flesh it out. And Ellie is just like I, I don't like her character like at all. Like I, it's just dumb. And also, I found her pretty late. Like I, I didn't realize she was there. Like I didn't. I just never went into the medical bay to do the quest, like where you find her, right? Oh, so I like I got her pretty late. And by the by that point, I was like I already had like all the other companions except her. So I was like I have a companion slot missed, like empty. And I'm like who who am I missing? And I like I go to Groundbreaker, and I'm like oh okay. So she's just like right there, and I, I missed her. Totally, uh, which can happen. By the way, you can totally miss companions if like like that. Or uh, if you're like me and you get Edgewater to hate yeah. you, Vicar Max is not um, uh, your friend anymore. Also, like the the the, the view that can you get Felix? It's just like. Did you play it, through his quest? Yes, I did. I, I did all all the companion quests. I didn't play through his, so actually, I don't know really what happens there. Okay, so Felix basically like finds like an old like a, a friend like who's like trying to start a revolution in the bo- like in the Halcyon, like trying to overthrow the board. Uh, but turns out, but turns out, like this friend of his, right? He has this whole like bunch of like on on like the, the asteroid place where you go, Scala, right? Scala, yeah. He has, like, a base there, and, like, you go there, and, like, you have this quest where you have to find, like, some ring or whatever, and then you come back, and then you you realize, like, after looking through, like, there's some hidden evidence that you find that he's actually, like, a, he's actually, like, a spy for the board. Like, this board is paying him off. Like, he's not actually trying to start a revolution. He's actually trying to, like, he's working for the board to find people who are actually revolutionaries and killing them off, right? So he's, like, he's like working for the board. And, like, you you do that. And basically, the quest just ends in you killing him. And it's, like, it's not good. It's not, I don't think it's a very good quest. Like, it's just sort of, and like. And there's no way around killing him? You can't do any, like, pers- um, any no, dialogue choices? No, uh, I don't think you can do any uh, dialogue choices. Well, maybe I can, but my maybe my persuade wasn't high enough, like, for that one. Uh, but I remember, like, you just have to kill him. And I was, like. All right. I mean, like that was not not great. Not great. Uh, who else? There was Nyoka. I think I I really like Nyoka. Nyoka and Parvati were like the two companions that always constantly had in my party. Like it was just like Nyoka and like Nyoka and Parvati also has like have like really good dialogue between themselves. Right, it's really good. Uh, yeah, I usually had um, Sam and Parvati just because Sam gave you the intimidation buff when you had him with you. Oh. 
<laughs> See, Sam is the one that actually really disappointed me because Sam could have been more interesting, but he wasn't. Like, he just was a robot that cleans stuff. Like, he didn't have any personality beyond that. Like, it's not like some sentence. Oh, he, I didn't have him for, like, dialogue choice. I didn't because if you're a monarch, he's really good at clearing out all those enemies. Yes, he is. He really is. Yeah, he's, he's good at some, the combat of the enemy. Like, uh, yeah. Like, I usually had Nyoka, because Nyoka had, like, some good skills for combat as well. So it was, like, Nyoka and Parvati in, in my party constantly. Uh, but, yeah, like, Sam was just, like, I, yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, so those are the companions. I like. Is there anything else about the story we should be talking about? Like, uh, I, I think for so I think like overall the story. Um, how, what did you think about the ending? Because so the ending that I had is I decided to save not all of the colonists but a portion of them because I didn't wipe out the uh, people who are frozen in in there i didn't take all the vial i only took a percentage of it to keep them alive and we're only able to recover less than about half or so of the people on the ship so you know what i i, I killed the people that the vial so i took most of like basically all the vial right like so and so yeah revived most of the colonists right and I, basically i don't think it makes too much of a difference i don't know like it it's maybe- just a dialogue choice because um because the thing that was fucky too, and you're like looking at uh, Wells's um crimes list uh, near the end of the game, he realized that he's killed like at least twenty people of just melting them alive trying to recover you. Yes, he has. Yes, he's he's not he's not guiltless, and like, you you could confront him about it, right? I think uh, there's like a dialogue tree where yeah. yeah, at the very end, you could I was able to confront him about it, and he was like. Well, it was for the greater good, and then I'm like, you're a f- Ooh, fuck. Yeah, it's just yeah. Phineas Wells is obviously like not a perfect person. Like, it's it's like it's like sort of the thing that impressed me is like the Phineas Wells like is obviously like he's he has good intentions uh, for the most part, but obviously he has some like he's 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 he's, he's uh, not perfect. Uh, he's not like the perfect character, uh, and he's like he has done some stuff that's questionable. Like he's done experiments, basically like uh, unethical experiments, where he basically killed he killed people. Basically, that that is not no 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 like getting around. He just killed a bunch of people trying to revive them. Right, that, that's it. Uh, and yeah, so like I I got the good like what is I consider I guess the good ending where like Halcyon is like goes like trying to like grow food and like work like trying to save the colony right basically because there's one subplot where you realize that earth hasn't contacted like earth is basically no like hasn't hasn't had hasn't had any contact with halcyon in a very long time right uh and like everybody's just like wondering what's happening with earth and like earth is like not responding to anything and it's like we, we are on our own and we gotta we gotta do what we gotta do right like it's that's the so with um as well too the the second lady in command um, I forgot oh, her yeah, name. Uh, Commander, did you did you kill her? Yes, I ended up killing her in my kill playthrough. Her. I had to kill her because uh, I didn't have enough persuade to make her go. To, like I didn't have enough persuaded to. There's a persuade check for that, like where you can make her like I think I guess back down. I don't know. I, basically, I, I, what she wants is you. It's, it's either you accept the quest to kill everyone in Edgewater, which to be fair, you could just accept it and not do it and leave. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That's what I did that originally, and then I was like, you know what, fuck her, and then I killed her. Oh, uh, you know, you know, uh, Udom, the guy on Groundwater. Uh, yeah. You know, when you first meet him, you can you can actually turn, you can you can start a quest line. We can you tell him that you you can turn Phineas Wells into the boar, right? You can turn him in, and that starts the whole. That actually makes you meet that commander very early. Yeah. So, so basically, what that does is that it skips to the near the end of the game. 
So you skip most of the main story. I think she makes you go to Monarch for something, but but it skips a good portion of the main story. Yeah, which is which you could do, I guess, if you like, if you want to do, if you really want to side with the board in the early. I mean, I maybe speed run strats, right? If you like, if you want to like speed run the game or something, I don't know. Like, you got to be an asshole if you want to speed run the game. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with what what, what has. Like what I what Obsidian has delivered, and I like I'm looking forward to DLC in the future. I want to see what they do, what they were like, like what they're able to add uh, story wise, what expansions they want to do, because Fallout New Vegas's expansions were really really good. So I'm like I'm hoping like Obsidian can deliver some good, really good DLC. I'm yeah. also I'm also happy this game was short, like in a good way. Yes, it was like 20 hours, I think, like 20 hours, right? 20 20 ish hours to finish. Like, there's it. no like bullshit collectathons, right? There's no towers in it. It's just like a short, good game. RPG, yeah. It's just it. It. I actually was very pleased that it was short, so I could. I was able to actually finish it. Um, because I don't. I don't have that much time for like very long games anymore. So it's just like I was just like, damn. Okay, I finish it. That's good. Like I'm. I'm happy. I finish it. And I'm. I'll come back to it when when like DLC comes out because I'm definitely planning on picking up the DLC when it comes out. Let's see what what's going on. Um, so that's that's the story part. Like the, the, that's this is where the spoilers end, right? Uh, let's talk about some like uh, like gameplay related features uh, and like gameplay issues that we encountered and people haven't encountered. So um, number one, and this game is bad. As much as I like playing it, it's literally an unplayable game because the font size is so fucking small. And I so I am someone who wears corrective glasses, right? Because my vision's shit, which good portion of the world is and this font size is so small like i could not play this game for more than an hour at a time because i get a headache because how much i have to squint my eyes and there's no way to bump up the font size and so if you're on pc it's not that bad because you're sitting in front of the monitor the issue is they use like a pc level font size and they don't bump it up for console yeah i don't yeah this this felt like it's like really it's like a really obvious issue i don't know why it wasn't fixed maybe they didn't have time or i don't i don't there's no really an excuse for do you know what my fix was too on console to get it playable i fucking turn on the magnifier on my xbox i mean that's I mean, that's what that feature is there for, I guess. I mean, it's there for it, it's there, and I appreciate Microsoft putting in. However, I you shouldn't should have, have you shouldn't have to, have to yeah. do that. Yeah, really, really, like you shouldn't have to do it. Like even if like if I play this game on console, I would, I would have this complaint as well. Like I would just be like, nah, bro. Like I I can't play this because like I, even with good eyesight, it's gonna like it's just gonna be like shitty. If you if you're playing on console, like re- they really should fix this. They really should make it so that it, the game's it, been out for almost a month now, right? And there's still been no patch to increase the font size on consoles. Whereas PC, you can do it built in. And that, I actually did know that. I like I don't remember like if there was a setting, but yeah, apparently there is. So, um, also another thing is the FOV is like FOV is increasable on PC, but it isn't on consoles, and the FOV is pretty narrow. Uh, and I would imagine it's probably a little bit narrower on consoles than some PC by default. Uh, and and as well too with the FOV stuff on the Xbox One X, what they do is that they uh, bump up the One X or the the resolution right to I believe like eighty percent of four K might be dynamic. I'm trying to remember. But what they also didn't do is they keep the Xbox One's low foliage option. And they have it on the One X, so the world looks way more barren because there's not as there's about like fifty percent less vegetation compared to the PS4 or PC version. Oh, that's oh my god, that's rough. 
that's 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 a, that's right. That's a that's a pro gamer move right there. Yeah, I played it on I played it on PC. The performance wise, it, I had some texture streaming issues, which seem to be a common issue with Unreal games. For some oh, that's the same thing on console too, right? Where you go to somewhere and it like the texture is just super low res for like a good second or two. Uh, yeah, it's not that, but it it'll hitch like it'll hitch for a second, right? Like it'll be you'll, you'll see a noticeable like, frame uh, drop. That's the same like, on, yeah, that happens on the One X too. And and the thing is too, there is no motion blur option on consoles and you might be saying to yourself motion blur is ghost blah 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 so hear me out maybe if you have ultra gamer one millisecond 1440 hertz it, it, no, 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 no. yeah so if, if a motion blur really helps if the frame rate is lower at like a lower yes yeah, so if you have right? 30 frames per second where there's hitching motion blur will help smooth it out more Re- motion blur really helps yes. and uh, and it's it only it, and especially too with the response times on tvs having motion blur turned on makes it seem smoother and that's helpful that's why like games like destiny feel so good even though they're 30 frames per second because the highest shutter speed motion blur really helps especially like a per object one call of duty also does this on consoles as well and without the motion blur it just seems choppy sometimes when even with the frame rate stable it still just seems like a choppy game yeah it really should optimize the console version the font issue uh, maybe the texture, the texture issue, the the they probably can't increase the FOV without really affecting performance more. So, like, I I, I, I mean, they, hopefully they'd be able to add like front size and motion blur. I know a lot of a lot of open world games like this are very CPU dependent, right? So there's not much you can do with current gen consoles. Um, but you know, hopefully this game on newer hardware like would run better. Yeah, like and the, te- and the texture streaming issue is really like I feel like it's some sort of Unreal Engine problem that uh, developers are struggling with. It, it has also affected like some games that have come out recently, like the new Star Wars game has that problem. So it's like uh, it's not it's not a it seems to be some sort of engine maybe some sort of difficulty with the Unreal Engine for uh, texture streaming. Uh, so. Technically, yeah, it's 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 rough. It's kind of it's rougher on consoles. It's on PC, PC version. Like other than the hitches, I didn't really have any. I didn't have any crashes or other like uh, any specific, like glitches or anything. Uh, it, it was mostly fine. And like, that, I think is that anything else we want to talk about? Do you want to talk about like specific gameplay stuff? I don't know. Like, there's not much. I don't think there's much gameplay wise that that was like really like. Very good. It's fine. It's 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 like uh, you don't play this game for the gunplay. Like, and that's not a and that's not a bad thing though. It's not an insult on it. Yeah, it's 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 just what it is. It's it's serviceable. Uh, it's 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 decent. Uh, it it's it's uh, it, they improved on the VAT system, with, uh, and it's it's pretty good improvement as well. It feels pretty, pretty smooth. Time dilation. Uh, I think it's called time dilation. Uh, so yeah, I mean overall overall this game is is. A pretty solid, uh, solid game, uh, but I would like if you're on console, maybe hold off, like maybe, maybe hold off to like after Christmas or something. Well, I mean, honestly, I if you're gonna like, get it on console, might as well. Like if you're um, on Games Pass, right? If you have an Xbox, like get it, pick it up on Games Pass because that's I would say PS4. You're actually pretty good. The PS4 port's pretty good, and on Xbox, even though it has those issues, um, Games Pass is worth it for it as well on PC as well too. You can get the games for free on Games Pass through the Windows Store. I don't know how bad the Windows Store version is though compared to the Steam. I do not know because I bought it from the Epic Game Store uh, because I don't, I don't I don't really want to like I wanted to buy the game because it, like I don't know like I, I'm I'm still weird on renting games it's it's just a personal hang up but uh i did play the epic game store version so take that as a as well i don't know how the windows 10 version is uh 
it's it's probably fine. I haven't heard any significant issues with it, so um, yeah, take that as you will. Uh, so that's so that's the outer worlds. Uh, we're talking positively about a game for once. So uh, minus the accessibility stuff, because uh, yes, I mean, it really, they really should fix those. Like really, like uh, this. Sh- then especially the font thing is just kind of outrageous. Uh, so please, please fix the font issue, uh, Obsidian. Thank but you. Uh, moving on uh, to devices that can't ever play this game, there's a new MacBook Pro <laughs> out. <laughs> I just love how you just like like you just like nobody plays video games on Mac. Well, hear me out. We'll talk. Uh, this is a teaser for later on. But don't don't buy. Don't okay. If you think to yourself, if you think to yourself, I want to use a Mac because blah blah blah. I like Apple's productivity software. Blah blah blah. I like Mac OS. Whatever reason, right? There's va- perfectly valid reasons. Never think to yourself. And as a bonus, I can install Windows to play games on. Because no, oh, no, 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 no. You, you install Windows because you need to run a, a produ- like a Windows productivity application. You do not install Windows on a Mac because you think to yourself you're going to game. Trust me. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but it is a shit show. So, so, so uh, Apple uh, released uh, the new uh, 16-inch MacBook Pro. I, this, I suppose, is a replacement for the 15-inch, right? I guess this is just superseding it. 15 inches out of... Um, not like it's been discontinued, basically, right? So whatever stocks left, they're selling through, and that's yeah. it. Rest, rest in peace, rest in peace, fifteen inch. Is it really uh, rest in peace, though? <laughs> oh no, I mean not this. The, the, the twenty. I was like, I was talking about the twenty fifteen fifteen. Oh, the good one, MacBook Pro, which is the good one. Yes, sorry, I forgot. I just, I just wiped like four years of bad Apple laptops. So let's talk about this one. Uh, uh, so they fix quote unquote fix the keyboard, and everybody has been reporting that yes, the keyboard is no longer. It's no longer the same butterfly switch, right? That was used. Like yeah, there's I fix a teardown that I'm going to put into the show notes. And basically, it is the exact same mechanism as Apple's desktop's scissor switch keyboards. You can literally take a keycap from the desktop keyboard that comes with an iMac Pro, and you can pop it into the laptop, and it fits fine. Yes. So they fixed that. They also made it far more serviceable, too, because right, if the keys break on this one, you know what you do? You just... Pop out you the, key the key and that's it. Yes, <laughs> no more seven hundred dollar replacements. <laughs> yes, which is which. I'm sure the people at the Apple Store are like, th- like, thank God we don't have to do those anymore. Like, well, they still have to do those because those are still around. But I guess like if they don't have to do those for for the, these ones. Uh, so like, what? To, let's talk about what else? Like ports. The ports are the same, right? The still need dongles. Uh, USB C. I'm kind of sad they didn't add more USB-C ports or an SD card reader. SD card reader, they likely could have added because there's a lot of actually empty space in the machine. But um, with more USB ports, I do know that there is sort of like a bandwidth limitation on how many Thunderbolt 3 ports you could put on these. Because these aren't running the latest gen of Intel chips because for this specific TDP, the sort of power you want out of the Core i7s and i9s, Intel hasn't actually released the latest gen um chips for it the 10 uh, 10 nanometer so these ones? are nine generation these are nine gen yeah they are 10th generation because right? the, pro- uh, the part just doesn't exist yet so i don't really blame apple on that one because i know you really i you can't like you can't because they, they could like put like two regular usb3 ports but that's gonna confuse the shit out of everyone and it's probably a smarter idea if you're gonna add more ports to keep them thunderbolt 3 so uh, it still has the headphone jack uh so you know so you have the headphone jack you have the USB-C ports. The ports are unchanged, basically. But you, however, uh, you do have new um, speakers in this um, laptop, which is two six speakers array on each sides, and they basically have like one noise canceling speaker that sort of helps. Um, because it's essentially, if you have a subwoofer in a laptop, right, or some sort of any sort of sub, it'll 
it's vibrations, right? Like below bass is vi- like vibrations you can feel. And the problem is if you put it in a laptop of a metal chassis is that when it it'll rattle around. And so what Apple went ahead and did is that they have an extra speaker and then it sort of helps cancel it out so you don't feel it. Obviously, you can still hear it, but you don't feel it. And they also have this new six-speaker array to... Um, they said they tuned it as the best they can to be a flat frequency respo- a response rate. Mm-hmm. Which is which is actually kind of... I'm, like I, All I've heard from like everybody is that the speakers are actually quite good. Like They, they are... Re- they're very impressive for like just laptop speakers. Like I don't expect usually laptop speakers to be any good, but like these are regular MacBook ones. They're like serviceable. Because most laptop speakers are bad. The the MacBook ones, like I can watch like TV shows. Um, I would I don't want to listen to music on them, right? Like in a pinch, if I ever needed to, I wouldn't cry about it. It's like iPhone speakers, right? Like I'll watch YouTube videos, I'll watch like an anime show. Yeah, but like for any music, like you wouldn't want to. And from what I'm hearing from the impressions, is like, hey, if you want to listen to music on this, actually, not a bad time. And I do have to say, too, Apple's audio team's been on point since, like, because it's the same team that did the HomePod, the AirPods Pro, and these speakers. These are all the same team that does all the audio work. And ever since the HomePod came out, like, regardless of whatever the series stuff being bad on it, at the very least, the audio like quality has been getting really good from apple recently yeah it seems like they really have a solid idea when what what good what good sound is and how to produce it from their from their hardware it's just it's just uh, it's very it makes me happy to see good audio it's just like yeah good audio yeah, is and especially like, too no, that this is tuned to be flat is even better since of course it's a macbook pro a lot of musicians use it and that's like you know having monitor level speakers that you can actually listen to music and, and mix on like you know maybe not not like a final mix but like a, like a rough mix right being able to do that on the laptop speakers and actually have it be flat is really useful and important for people who do audio work and video work and so that's definitely something that like is a really good bonus and on top of that as well they've added new microphones that they call their studio mics and i'm gonna actually um drop a link to the daring fireball um overview because this actually has audio samples from this to previous macbook pros and to an actual like podcasting mic like the one i'm using right now um and basically what what i hear what i've heard and also as well what gruber is saying is that these are serviceable if you don't have a good mic. Like it is basically like from what I've heard from what I've heard from it, I would actually say that um they sound better than the microphone you're using to podcast with. And my yeah, the Yeti. It sounds better than a Yeti to my own ears. In terms of like if I'm editing a podcast, what audio would I rather have? Would I rather have like USB mic audio or these built-in speaker ones? I would say so. If you have a USB microphone that's like less than a hundred ish dollars, these laptop microphones I would actually say are a little bit better, just for the reason of that the USB audio, uh, USB mic audio will sound better if you have it up to your mouth. However, most people don't do that because I have this podcast arm because I'm me, but this like gets in the way of everything. There is there is no good place to put like a, an attached arm. Yes, yeah, it's it's not it's not people people who people who do podcasting for a living usually have like a separate workspace for this, right? Usually, right? People who like Gruber has like his his like little studio or whatever like where he does podcasts right like you you gotta have like a sort of like a separate space or, or are you gonna be like dismantling a microphone uh 
all the time. It's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not, that's not, this is why I still use the Blue Yeti because it's, 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 it's a little bit, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to get a microphone stand right now and I, I can't really. Yeah. And, and there's like this more work, right? Because if this one, right, if messing up this audio is far worse than you messing up a little bit of your audio, because if I have this up to my mouth, if I fuck up the game, this is going to be clipping the entire time and there's no saving that. Whereas we have a little more flexibility of yours. Um, so, Based off how people actually use their microphones for the most part, which aren't me and what I'm doing with this wild setup plugged into an interface for more hobbyist stuff, I actually think these are perfectly serviceable. And if someone, if I was doing a podcast and a guest was using this microphone, I would absolutely have no issues editing it, right? I would, I would be more than happy with this audio versus like some of the other built in microphones you get from laptops that I've heard. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's for sure. It's, it's like a, level higher than that and um as well the display obviously bumped up six 16 inches um the resolution itself is a little high res but it's it's matched to the same ppi right so it's just filling more space and the disappointing part that i actually it's never really bothered me but i know a lot of people get upset about it is that it's not a true 2x right so what apple does is so with the like 13 spectrum pro for example the resolution is two times 1200 1280 by 800 whereas the system displays as i believe 1440 by 900 so you are actually in like a scaling mode where it's like two point something x rather than a full than a than a native 2x whereas on the desktop with the imac and the imac pro they actually give you a full 2x scale and in theory, it's supposed to be a little bit blurry. I honestly have never noticed. It might be my honest, my vision just might not be good enough to see it. But running it in that native scale mode where it's not a full native scale, I've never noticed the blurriness. Um, so I think it's going to be fine on this. But obviously, if you're someone who has noticed it and maybe don't go looking for it, <laughs> if you have a MacBook right now, um, you'll be fine as well. And of course, right full color gamut support, all that good stuff. Um, however, an interesting part is that you can actually as a variable refresh rate. Now it isn't free sync where it automatically um, changes. You have to go into display settings, but you could change it to multiples of content, right? So say for example, you're working on a film and you're editing 24 frames per second video. You could then drop down the display's refresh rate to be 48 uh, Hertz. Whereas it does, I don't believe it has a full native, a full 24, but if you're doing 48 and you're editing 24, it's going to be, it's going to be as good, right? As if you're doing 30 frames on 60 Hertz, it's a, since it's a multiple, you're not, there's not going to be any tearing, any sort of weirdness with that. So, uh, the, the hardware escape key is back, by the way, everybody, everybody rejoice. Uh, Vim users are very happy right now. Uh, the touch bar is still there. So the touch bar is not optional. It's 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 it is part of this. So if you you gotta deal with the touch bar, but you get the escape key at least. Uh, so that's I I I have no opinion on this because I've never used the touch bar. I mean, MacBook, the, so. the thing is, right? Like, if Apple gave me the option to have a touch bar and it's cheaper, I would not take it. But like, the touch bar isn't bad. It's just not good. If that makes sense, right? It's there. <laughs> it's sort of like um. It's like the notch on the iPhone, right? Like, is it bad? Maybe. Is it good? Not really. But does it hurt me using the device in any way? No. There are much bigger complaints on things that should be improved on. Exactly. Uh, at least you get your escape key, which people have been asking for. People really want their escape keys. Uh, so, like overall, I think like this is Apple refocusing on them on on their actual the, on on the on the people that really need like high-end MacBook Pro to do development or video or audio or like or creative creative workflows. Like I was just focusing on that. Like it's just like 
these are focused. They, they give the specs. They give you the better keyboard. They give you the better, like a good display. They give you the uh, like better like bat- like battery life. I would imagine is also probably pretty decent. So the battery as well. It's a 100 watt hour battery, which is basically the largest battery you're allowed to put on a device in the U.S. that can go on a plane. So. There's really not much else they can do there, right, in terms of battery life. But my, my take on it is that it's more of like they – it's the same thing with the iPhones, right? Like they made it bigger. They made it heavier. They made it thicker just so they could actually make it more useful, right? Like as you were saying, like but I feel like before the previous MacBook Pros, while it was geared towards Pros, Apple was also like, hey, this is what people with money buy. So if you want to buy like – the flashiest consumer laptop this is the one to get whereas right now this is sort of like refocusing it as an actual workstation right like no one who doesn't need it should buy a 16 inch macbook pro like just to be clear right like if you don't if you don't do any productive creative work anything that requires this kind of horsepower you're you don't need this laptop like you'll be fine if a macbook era right and i think that's an important distinction because it's it's like it's a difference between getting like a uh, an RX 580, right, and then actually getting the uh, like like a uh, Quadro card, right? Or is that the Nvidia's line of like workstation GPUs? Yes, well, yes, the Quadro cards, yeah. Uh, so like you can spec this up really, really high. Like this, uh, the chips that they're using can go up to sixty four gigs of RAM. So you can if you can now get sixty four gigs of RAM. Uh, you can also like get like up to like up to eight. Terabytes of SSD which is storage, ridiculous, which is bonkers. By the way, that's that's like I I I I mean that's just there. I guess I mean if, if it's it, it adds like th- nearly three grand to the price. So. Yeah. Um, you can like you can get an i nine in this, right? You can like get an i nine with like uh, that goes turbo boost up to five gigahertz. You can get like crank it up. You just crank the processor up. Uh, Still AMD GPUs, obviously, right? Uh, it's an Radeon Pro uh, five. You can get like a five five hundred M with either four, like well, like you just VRAM difference. Like you get like a four four gig model or eight gig VRAM. And it's model. also GDR six too, so it should be faster than last generations. Because last generation had a very similar AMD part, but since you have faster RAM, it'll work faster. The thing too that I like about this is that this base model is really fucking good. So the base model, right, for Apple laptops usually are trash. Like usually, like you don't get it because you're either getting fucked on storage or anything like that. But right, right now, you so if you buy a base model one, you get a hexacore 2.6 gigahertz i7. You get a Radeon Pro with four gigs of VRAM GDR GDR um, six. You get 16 gigs of GDR four RAM and a five 12 gig SSD, and like that's good. Like maybe I mean five 12 is probably so obviously. For people who actually do creative work, 512 might not be that good. But like for anyone, there's going to be some people who just want a, 50, a 16 inch, 15 inch laptop that runs Mac OS. And honestly, for them, this base model, like you're good outside of storage. Like, and even then, like it's not even 512 is, I know we usually say, right, that like base models on laptops have not enough storage. Surface laptop, for example, 128. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Microsoft? But like a base model coming with half a terabyte of like an NVMe SSD, not bad. Like, I'm not. I, I, no complaints from me. Like, what, like, would it be nice to be a terabyte? Yeah, but like for basically two grand, like, yeah, yeah, I, I would say like my, like the, the SSD in my boot drive on my desktop is actually a 512 drive as well. If I'm looking at SSD, it's SATA though, but still a 512 drive. The 512 is like the sweet spot, I think, for SSDs. 
uh, especially like for OS drive, obviously, if you need more storage locally, then you you probably want to bump that up. But like the base model is actually really, really good. Like I'm actually, yes, you're right. The base model is, is And fantastic. the thing is, the more important part is that Apple didn't actually change the price of the base model from last year's, the 15-inch to the 16-inch, but they improved the specs all across the board. Which is not something they've done. That's not an Apple thing to do. Like that's actually very unusual for Apple to actually. You get more um, RAM, more as uh, a C space, better processor, better GPU for the exact same price as as a 15 inch. Well, this makes me hopeful though for the 13 inch. The 13 inch, like a- yes, I am. I am looking forward to see what they're going to do with the rest of the line uh, lineup. Uh, like the Mac, like obviously they just released a new MacBook Air, but uh, like you know, like well, I mean, they probably. I imagine what they do with the MacBook Air is that they'll probably put in the new keyboard and just bump up specs and hopefully get it down to like a thousand. I feel like that's like that at that point. If it's like if it's nine 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 right and it has sixteen gigs of RAM, like a two fifty six gig SSD and this new keyboard. And like a tenth gen core, like a tenth gen Intel, um, Intel chip. That's really for anyone who just needs like a computer for like school. Yeah, for like that. There's not much else that in terms of in terms of things you'd be looking for in a laptop that runs macOS that you'd really need. Pretty much, yeah. Like I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the with this, uh, like what they do across the rest of the line, especially the 13 inch MacBook Pro. Uh, needs needs the new keyboard. Everything needs a new keyboard, so, honestly. But I'm not- <laughs> Everything needs. I'm not planning on getting anything. It's just I don't need a laptop right now. But like, if I was in the market for like a like a laptop, I would like I would for for example, if I was going back to school or whatever, like I would I would get a like a base like a base model 16 inch right with like the storage bumped up right or maybe the RAM bumped up. I don't know. Maybe the storage is cheaper than the RAM right here. But like. Usually, RAM is more RAM is better, in my opinion. If you want to, like, RAM and storage are usually the ones that I tell people. But to I mean, play. honestly, sixteen gigs is oh my god! I'm about the I was about to say this the quote. I was like, sixteen gigs is good enough for anyone. No, it's, but like it, it, in 2019, not, 2020, 16 gigs is fine. Yeah, like I like to be like I'm I'm on desktop with thirty two gigs of RAM, right? And like I'm using like I mean it, it, Windows caches a lot, right? So it's like it's using like uh, what. Like, uh, like ten gigs right now, right? Uh, which is which is like thirty four percent of my thirty two. I, I think it's right? better to look at so. in terms of percentages and how much actual RAM you're using because all of these OSs are built to scale. If you give it more RAM, it's going to do more things with yes, it. Yes, exactly. So, it, it like Windows is telling me like it's it's using the rest of it as cache and like it's just like a lot of it is just like. Yeah, it's just like Windows. The more RAM you have, it's actually better because like Windows like does caching and stuff uh, in RAM. So yeah, like I am, I like it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're moving towards a positive direction with these. Like I'm super glad, actually. Uh, no more hearing. Uh, I hopefully don't have to bitch about these keyboards ever again. And hopefully, too, the thermals are improved. Like hopefully, they took the chance that it's to because the problem with the MacBook Pros has always been not that they're not slow, but sustained workloads. They throttle too soon. Yeah, I want to like I want to see like. I don't like Anantech or like maybe some YouTubers like do some Linus Tech Test Review would probably be pretty good on this because they tend to do really good thermal testing. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see people when people will get their hands on this. I'm sure people are going to be doing thermal tests for sure. If you're buying this kind of machine, uh, you, you definitely want that performance. Uh, so that's the 16 inch MacBook Pro. It's overall uh, looking like a good device, uh, looking like a positive direction for Macs going forward. 
positive uh, de- positive direction for a device you should not buy unless you're absolutely certain you need it in your I'm, life. Unless, I, I mean, people the people who are considering buying this already know what they I want. I mean, that's I, a, no, I don't like think it. that's the case of MacBook Pro. Maybe I feel like MacBook Pro is the fact like, of right that you can get a 13 inch for 1300. That like makes people think like, oh wow, maybe a 15, 16 it should be good. But like this is just straight up overkill. Like, and it's not even yeah, more it's of straight like, up overkill for most people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even it's like we're saying really like, oh, it's overkill because you're not craving and do stuff. It's more of like no, like. Having a Core i7 this powerful and having a um, a dedicated GPU this powerful, you're not going to do anything with it, <laughs> and you can get like if you're like a student, if you're like a student who doesn't use CAD like, or like, um, any Adobe stuff, any like actual like Final Cut, anything like that, like how even Logic, like honestly, the thing that limits Logic is just like core counts, and there's not much you can do about that on the laptop and of a device just for the fact of that you. Like that's the whole demo of the Mac Pro, right? That you can have like ten thousand logic tracks open at one time. Yeah, it's like you have like twenty four cores, right? It's like you just like use all the cores, right? But no, no SoundCloud rapper is gonna ever run into that limit. <sighs> that that was no. I don't think that this was needed. Uh, but lots of people. Shout out to our SoundCloud rappers, uh, y'all making the so, shout out to everyone on SoundCloud. Um, twenty twenty. Let's get you over to Funk Whale. <laughs> all right let's move on before we, we go on a tangent um windows 10 had a, a update um uh, i had guess. a service uh, pack. november update <laughs> service pack um this is the november 2019 update yeah how exciting um build number 1909 what was it? 1909 here we go uh so what was it it's like a small update right it's not like a major update uh as a side note can we just talk about this version number for a second because 1909 means september of 2019 why is it called the november update because it's released in november christian it's, but that <laughs> means the build was finalized in september i don't get it why is it at 1911 i have questions that need answers <laughs> i mean microsoft works in mysterious ways uh nobody knows why why the build numbers and like I, uh, maybe somebody knows maybe maybe somebody microsoft, microsoft. is not pro- properly following semver right now and i'm very upset i would like to file a complaint <sighs> God. Um, so what is what is what did they fix or what did they like? Uh, did they like? I think they were like I heard like those for performance improvements, the small ones, uh, like bug fixes. It's it's overall a pretty quiet release. It's not like so like the TLDR of the Windows 10 November update is um, heavy air quotes here. Seems snappier. <laughs> heavy air quotes seems snappier. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like how are you going to measure that? Really, like how are you going to measure that? It's it's really hard to measure that without like the the obvious like people like get into placebo and like you know people think that it's faster, but it's not actually faster, right? And like honestly, as well too, right? As soon as you install like a Windows 10 update, it probably does like some cache clearing stuff that makes it seem snappier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it might, like, it's just, like, you can't really definite, like, without, like, maybe Microsoft has some benchmark tools that they can run. But, like, if you just using this, you're not going to be able to, like, But really. I think that's a good thing for the fact of that every time we've talked about, like, a Windows 10 release, we, A, have made fun of my people, and, B, have been, like, also, this is kind of buggy as fuck. Maybe don't install it. You remember how like Microsoft held off like a Windows 10 update for almost a year because the Surface Book was broken because of GPU drivers? And like right now, we're just like we're just talking a lot of shit because we don't really have things to complain about, which is a great change of pace for Windows 10 updates. I uh, I'm really glad as someone who uses 
uh, Windows 10 every day. It's it's my main OS. It's, it's my daily driver. And it, uh, knock on wood, uh, I haven't had any issues for the last few updates. Cont- I hope I don't continue, uh, continue. I continue to have no issues because I really would like my desktop machine to not have issues. It's the one computer I, like, I need to rely on to be like, you know, re- reliable. So it's like I want it to work uh, and would work well. Uh, don't don't crash and have weird bugs. So I haven't updated to this yet. But also, it's that's not that's weird because like I'm technically on this already. So um, the, yeah, like, the interesting bit is if you have been updating Windows 10 every month with all the uh, patches that come out, everything. You essentially are on this build. What happens when you install it? It's like a three meg file, depending on how caught up you are. Obviously, the more the less caught up you are, the hard, the, um, the bigger the file size is. And it basically like upgrade updates the build number and turns on a couple features if they haven't already been enabled because Microsoft's been rolling them out slowly. And these are small features, like literally like one feature is if you press the start menu button hover over any of the hidden like hamburger menu icons instead of you click you don't have to click anymore the the hamburger menu automatically expands so actually try that right now tell me if that works like hover over the three lines and does it expand out automatically without you clicking on it in the start menu okay so that would be turned on once you update to this build yeah i guess i mean that's not a big deal i i I don't i don't think i've ever actually clicked on that but like that's the scale of like the features that are in there right yeah it's like really small shit uh there's a window like we got a link to a windows 10 uh, some windows central article on it if you want to if you want to just you know if you if you if you want to read up on like what the small changes i know people people like their little change like change log stuff basically it's like more of like a lot of fluid design stuff um however though i am going to take this opportunity to uh, oh boy here we go (laughs) you you go ahead get a cup of coffee sack sit down take a nap or whatever (laughs) put on some destiny put on some overwatch league so let's talk about windows 10 and egpus and specifically i want to talk about one build of windows 10 windows 10 1903 os build 18362.329 and newer so with what happens when you uh say say for example we were talking about max cat gamer earlier well what if you got an external graphics card works great in mac os right and nvidia ones you know nvidia card obviously won't work in mac os so fine let's get like an eight like an rx 580 a radeon 7 you know like a gaming card and that'll work in mac os native drivers and that's obviously supported in windows very well amd obviously you know consistently doing driver releases and um external enclosures like the razor core right obviously razor cell laptops so they work in windows and microsoft um you know apple supports it in mac os so hell why not do that so here's what happens when you try and use an external gpu on windows 10 on an apple laptop and to be fair the if you're using a razor laptop specifically a razor laptop that works beautifully with the razor core However, if you are not using that specific setup, it is also kind of fucky on Windows 10. So basically what happened is that when you, um, if you um, say you have, I have an RX 580, I boot into Windows, plug it in, what happens? Windows is like, hey, this is a PCI device. Um, please install the graphics driver. Cool. Go to the AMD website, download the five, RX 580 driver. You know, fair enough. Let's install that. Install it, reboot the machine. Uh, eGPU is plugged in. Windows uh, here's fuck up number one windows will hang at the start menu like the that start menu like the windows booting icon where it's like the windows logo it'll hang there and then it starts the logo starts getting corrupted because because there is a um there 
you it, Windows thinks that the eGPU is an actual external display and is trying to boot off of that display and not use the internal display, which kind of breaks it. So how you have to do it then is every time you reboot your machine, unplug the GPU, wait until that Windows logo appears, then plug it back in. And so you do that, log into Windows, fine. A little fucky, whatever. You know, obviously I'm not going to boot into Windows all day. I'm only do it when I want to play a game. Like I'm about to do that when I want to play Destiny. Not the end of the world, whatever. Like I'm not going to cry over that. Cool. So I saw the driver, got into Windows properly, checked device managers to make sure everything's good. And then you see a yellow bang icon over the RX 580. I'm like, that doesn't seem good. Let's go ahead, right click inspect. Error 12, not enough system resources. Please disable a device. So me, I look at the Thunderbolt controllers. I guess I'll turn them off except for the GPU. Then it worked. It worked prior to Windows 10, 1903, OS build 18362.329. Because on that build, for God knows why, and this is extended out, I tested it last night to 1909, the falsely named Windows 10 November update also does not work there. Oh, so it just just doesn't like it doesn't can't... work. There's no fix. You can kind of get it to work if you modify the bootloader and you do like some really fucky um, Mac OS extensions that that go into the bootload that go into um, go into Windows because you basically flash it for custom bootloader, change some startup files on Windows, run a couple patches, download an Intel provide Thunderbolt three driver, um, disable some devices, and then it might work. But it does the RX the AMD GPUs are really fucky. However, starting with build 18362.329 or newer, NVIDIA GPUs work beautifully when plugged into an eGPU. NVIDIA GPUs apparently work out of the box, no yellow bang, no issues. And the problem is, of course, dear listener. If I put in a video card in this, this GPU is useless when I am in a Mac OS because you can get beta into video drivers for Mac OS. However, it doesn't work with an eGPU unless you do some more fucky shit. So, so I have, and, and hear me out. Anybody thinks to yourself, why are you doing all this? Because Google Stadia does not play with PC players on Destiny 2. That is why I'm doing it, because it is a separate population. I really want to play Destiny 2. <laughs> okay, so I'm laughing at this, but but the whole point of this is so that Christian could play Destiny 2 <laughs> with me, basically. This is the whole... And I'm laughing at this, and it's funny because this is a, like a like a really wild west weird situation. Feels like using Linux in the early days. Uh, when so the, if you were using Linux, it's actually way better because so Mac OS does not support it unless you use a beta versions of a, a Metal to Direct 12 driver on Parallels Fusion. That you have to pay for that can kind of work where you set up to use your eGPU in a VM. But Linux has a feature where you can pass through a GPU to a virtual machine, and you could actually use have an eGPU on Linux and actually game on Windows in a virtualized version of the environment. Yeah, however, that does not exist on Mac OS. So if I was using Linux, I would actually have a way better time. If I was using Linux, I could probably just, I'd be using a PC. I could put the PCI card into and use it that way. But, but there's that. So, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, why do you even have an eGPU? Because like, it works well on Mac OS, right? Like it works beautifully. Like I've, there is a speed improvement, right? Cause this is an Intel integrated one. There are some like graphics stuff I do. Like I do some like design work and like Pixelmator Pro. Yeah, definitely. You'll, you'll see like video and stuff. Well, video on like websites, like websites, like browsers that use like GPU rendering, like GPU. Also, Minecraft becomes playable at native res when you do that, right? Oh, like nice, nice. Minecraft surprisingly is a GPU intensive 
game. It is. It can be. Yes. It depends on like yeah. But like also as well because I have it's integrated GPU. If I'm working my CPU really hard, the graphics performance suffers. It's all on a shared bus. Yeah. So there's obvious benefits to using a Mac OS, which I have taken advantage of. Yeah. It's also like you get you get separate VRAM, right? And because on the yeah, because you have to use the uh, external GPUs. Uh, because VRAM. it's um because the USB C cable I have for it is a 40 gigabit um, Thunderbolt three cable, so. It you know it obviously if you run your eGPU plugged into an external display you get a little bit better performance because it's a one way link right you're not having to um, consistently send data back and forth to the internal yes, monitor yes exactly it's the la- the latency is probably like it's not more latency that, it's more uh, bandwidth issues right where where how it, it works fine if you're using like say I'm outputting video render rendering to the eGPU and I'm using the internal monitor because it's not like super live that makes sense but if you're playing games you get frame time spikes because it, because you're sending it back and forth on a 40 gigabit uh bus whereas it's i believe like pci4 gives you far more than that 16 lane one you get more speed there and it ends up working out better because you're not you're not going back and forth it's a one-way link to the display so that all works fine so it works fine to mac os it's just more of like this is some bullshit. The fact of that Microsoft just broke it. Like it worked fine. And my only my the only way I could fix this is if I download a jank ass version of Windows 10 that I found online, which I really don't want to do. I yes. So like I guess they only tested the, the Razor machine or something with the eGPU. And they broke so, the I mean the thing too though is it's also Apple's fault because they don't ship any like t2 drivers right for like windows 10 that would help work with the thunderbolt lanes because that's a controller remember right they they don't apple has not done any work to build like eGPU support into boot camp they probably could if they wanted to but they're never going to and microsoft none of the surfaces support eGPUs, and i don't think microsoft cares enough to build in really good support no they don't care about eGPUs on that front it's only like eGPUs are like really like a specific eGPU see the thing is eGPUs are already in a niche and you are basically in a smaller niche than that which is incredible and i think too i think too the thing is that they likely have been prioritizing um especially the last release of like windows 10 graphic switching and i think that's actually what broke the eGPU system because you're taking advantage of graphic switching because if you have an eGPU plugged into windows and when this is working what you would do is you would tell windows what gpu to prioritize you tell prioritize gpu 2 and I think that in fixing, here's here's my crackpot theory. In fixing the Surface Book's graphic switching, they broke eGPUs because knowing Microsoft that likely runs on the same sort of driver system, like display system, to get that working. Because what's the difference, right? Uh, they're both on PCI buses, right? And they're both technically additional displays. Displays, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, you really, like, this is what happens when you're, like, really in a niche, niche use case, and your specific niche use case is not tested by the vendors in question, and you are shit out of luck, I guess, till the next major Windows update, if they decide to even fix it. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like a priority for them, because I I don't imagine it's, like, it's a a small percentage, a very small percentage of users. And that's the problem, right? Because... The idea of plugging a graphics card into your laptop and it automatically getting faster is a great idea. But if Windows doesn't support it well, no one's ever going to do it. Oh, oh, you want to know some more fucky shit? All right. Since we're on this topic. So um, think to yourself, if you have a USB-C monitor, how would you drive it with an eGPU? You would plug it into your machine and the machine would send the graphics to the monitor. 
wrong. It would that only drives the internal display on a Mac. So Apple actually has custom hardware and the black magic eGPUs that they sell at the Apple store. They're like a thousand dollars for a Vega 64 one. Like it's fucking overpriced. I would never buy one. Um, basically it does display link over USB-C, but also has some extra bits that allow you to do like the device control stuff through it as well. And you plug in the display via USB-C to the actual ultrafine monitors. That's how the, that's how ultrafines can work eGPUs because they only have uh, Thunderbolt three on it. So, and I obviously this Razer core has, thunderbolt 3 but not for video out it doesn't do video out thunderbolt 3 only does um just like gpu data and so there's this really fucky hack that i'm thinking about doing because i kind of want to get an ultrafine monitor one day so you can use a v so huawei makes a vr cable for this random vr headset in china that you have to you can only get this cable on alibaba it is it is display port and usb a to usb c and you basically plug in a display port to the eGPU, plug in a USB-A to a USB-C dongle into your laptop, and then if you plug it into an ultrafine display, you get full brightness control, everything, media playback on the monitor, and you're able to use the Thunderbolt 3 um, built-in ports on the monitor as well, and use it as a USB hub. This is like... <laughs> I, I like you know like it's just like it's it's funny because it's meant for a knockoff. Yeah, Oculus it's just like you China. have to do all the shit like to to even get it. Yeah, you don't even know if it's really gonna work properly or if it's gonna break. Like next release, like you have no way, of, no guarantee of this staying working long term. I mean, honestly, I shouldn't buy an ultrafine monitor anyways, right? If I'm gonna buy a monitor for this, I could just buy a one with Display Port and then just plug that into there, and I'm good. Like that's use Display Port and I'll be fine. However, though, it's just funny to me, like the amount of hacks that that is. I mean, at, yeah, it's like at this point, you might as well just buy a, a Razer laptop and just like use Windows and move your workflow to like uh, through like a Windows. But that means I'm signing up for Creative Cloud. Workflow. I mean, I'm, I'm like that's like I sounds like a better option to me right now. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, it sounds like a more workable option than we used to. Or or Google and Bungie could just make Stadia, which is a PC based platform interoperate with the steam player base for the also pc game destiny 2 which i imagine have the same specs of like in terms of like how the game's built that could be a potential option but no no that, no, that makes not. too it's, much it's sense. not a, it makes too i mean and honestly too at this point if anyone wants to buy this eGPU off me, like I'm happy using it, but DM me. <laughs> yeah, but you like, probably DM me if you yeah, just sell it. You sell the, actually, the thing, RX 580 man. I have is an XFX um, stock overclocked one, so it's actually yeah, like it's pretty good. good. It has card, eight gigs of GDR5 RAM in it. Um, I have no problem selling it for less than what I paid for it. Uh, so actually, if you'd like to buy a cheap graphics card, or if you'd like to buy a cheap GPU enclosure, that probably way far less likely. But if you have a Thunderbolt three device. And this actually works pretty well at Linux. So the Linux nerds out there, if you want a good deal on some graphics expansion, uh, DM me and we'll... Yeah, or if you're, like a, if you're like a Razer laptop user. Actually, no, if you live like, that Razer Chroma life, um, this one sadly doesn't have Chroma built in, but I will still sell it to you. And you can like mod your own RGBs on there. I, I believe in you. Just buy some <laughs> like Philips Hughes. Uh, so that was our eGPU segment i guess we should really make an official bingo card and add that <laughs> to that because i i think it is worthy of, of that spot so as always you can find us on two shades of brown.com show notes are going to be there uh the links are going to be there you can send us email uh feedback uh, contact at two shades of brown.com as usual 
Um, and you can find me on Mastodon at staticsafe and mastodon.zombacloud.com. And just so where can people find you? You can find me thing? talking about very weird um, display ports, USB-C cables I found on Alibaba at xyz. Oh, my God. Uh, and with that, I guess, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>